little blue pills to help me sleep. Don't like my life, so I take seven when I drink. By Cash Tastrophe. Read by God of Laundry Baskets. Chapter 2 Chapter 2 Sans wakes up alone. That's pretty par for the course, honestly. Paps is a criminally early riser, so by the time he's dragged his lazy ass out of bed, his little brother is nearly always already finished with his morning workout and well on his way to the end of a five-mile run. Generally, Sans manages to remember to set his phone alarm at night to allow himself plenty of time to stare blearily up at his ceiling and talk himself into standing up. Today, though, he shoves himself up with a tiny strangled sound in the back of his throat, panic hammering abrupt at the inside of his bare ribcage when he realizes it's way too bright outside to be early morning. He must have forgot. He must have... Shit. He scrambles out of the tangle he's made of the sheets, thankful he'd at least fallen asleep in his sweatpants. If Papyrus hasn't stormed upstairs to kick him out of bed yet, then maybe he got lucky. Maybe his brother overslept. Maybe he got distracted out on his run. Maybe Sans has time to correct his mistake before Pap even realizes he made it. It's only when he rolls himself to the edge of the mattress, a habit born of years sleeping five inches off the floor, that he realizes something is deeply, deeply wrong. He tumbles gracelessly to the carpet with a startled yelp, which is fucked on a couple of levels. The fall was way too far, and since when does he have a stupid, soft, navy shag where scuffed floorboards should be? There... There are curtains on the windows. Photographs and posters hung on the wall. A laundry basket tucked neatly in the corner, and no evidence of the vague stink of nightmare sweat and terror that permeates everything he owns. The mattress he'd just vacated sits atop a sturdy wood bed frame he's never seen before in his life, and he realizes when he squints at the sheets that they're covered in a little pattern of faded blue flowers. What the fuck? He's even wearing a pair of sweatpants that aren't his. Soft dove gray with a stripe of teal down the leg, shoved up to just below his kneecaps. And that's what makes this 
skin, he doesn't have crawl because that means someone undressed him, right? Someone saw him limp and unconscious and put their fucking hands on him and... And what they'd done instead of literally anything else was wrap something sticky, soft, numbing, and glowing faintly green around the horrible break in his leg and tuck him into bed. So, huh. That's different. His leg doesn't even hurt anymore. Though, the green stuff clings weirdly to his finger bones when he prods experimentally at it. Leaves his fingers kind of numb, too, actually. But when he pushes himself shakily to his feet, the leg holds. He takes a tentative step. That he feels. Icy, jagged shards of glass right down to the marrow. But he doesn't fall. That's the important part. The pain is... Well, there's sweat beating on his forehead, but he thinks he could probably run a short distance on it if he had to. He'll probably have to. Because this, no matter how warm and cozy, no matter how many astronomy books align the neat oak shelves on the facing wall, this is not a place he recognizes. And that actually just makes the books creepier, doesn't it? Because that means his kidnappers have been watching him, means they know something about him he isn't even sure his own brother could be bothered to remember. But the Spider Woman... Muppet, he amends, chuckling darkly to himself, had definitely known his name called him by it and everything, except then she'd taken it back and said, What was it? You look like him. Who the fuck was him? In all the months, years, he's lived out on stuttering repeat. In all the times he's killed and been killed and watched his baby brother crumble to dust at his feet and drunk himself into unconsciousness afterwards every goddamn time, he has never, ever experienced a timeline so jarringly other. And that's including the very worst timeline, isn't it? The sick one he tries not to think about where he saw the needle-sharp edges of Char's smile on the bridge and the dust on their ratty sleeves gone tacky with their own blood. And he just... he didn't even bother at all. He walked home without seeing anything except for the scuffed toes of his own sneakers crunching through the permafrost. He lay in his bed, numb and stared at the cracked ceiling as the sun set somewhere he couldn't fucking see. He thought he might know something, feel a tug in his chest when it was time for his little brother to die. But when Chara came scritch-scratching at his bedroom door with their knife point and bitten bloody fingernails, he'd only asked, dull, voice ringing too loud in his skull, How long? 
The scratching stopped. How long what? Chara hissed. When did Papyrus die? He ground out. And Chara chuckled, tapping gay rhythmic patterns with their fingertips into the wood. You'd know if you bothered to show up, wouldn't you? A tiny fist suddenly slammed down on the door, harder than should realistically been possible. Again, again, and then a hail of blows, furious, crunching things that made Sans grimace as much as his permagrin allowed. This wasn't the first time Chara had beat their knuckles bloody on his bedroom door, but it was never exactly easy to listen to. You know that won't work, he offered after several terrible minutes of the sounds. There was a squelching wetness to the blows now that he'd rather not think about, thanks all the same. But... When Chara spoke, they didn't sound phased in the least. I mean, I've never actually tried beating down your door barehanded, they murmured, cool as a cucumber. I'll know after this, won't I? So, Sans just lay there, counting the cracks in the ceiling and listening to Chara's huffing breath for several more long minutes. The kid would get bored. They always did, eventually. Sans had all the time in the world. Fine, Chara spat eventually. Fine, I'll figure some way in there, buddy. But don't you worry. I'm not done with you yet. I missed you, Sans. I really did. But my aim is getting better. Even that horror show didn't twist something in his ribcage the way those goddamn flowered sheets do. This shit, it looks like a child's bedroom, save for the enormous bed. And there is nothing about that he likes especially in combination with the kidnapping. Please don't be a weird sex thing. Please don't be a weird sex thing, he chants to himself and shuffles forward tentatively towards the door. There's no sign of his clothes and shoes, so it's a pretty safe bet they'll have thought to take his phone, too. He can't exactly call Papyrus for help. It's... Not that he thinks his captors are stupid enough to leave his door unlocked, but hey, no harm in trying, right? No sooner have his claws closed around the doorknob, though, than it's twisting open, the door swinging outward and leaving him face to face with... Welp. With him. Oh, the other sand says, eye lights bright, wide, blue? In a way that doesn't look at all familiar, though Sans can't stop staring at the identical sweep of the cephonid bone, the precise curve of the ocular cavity, because that's his face this guy's borrowing. Thanks, but he's using it all wrong. 
Dude, you shouldn't be standing. Paps will kill me if you passed out again. Come on, giddy up there, cowboy. He waves Sans back into the bedroom, and Sans only barely manages to catch himself on the bed frame when he stumbles, half-falling onto the mattress. He scrambles backwards until his spine hits the wall, heedless of the way his bad leg protests at the movement, because what? What is this? What the fuck? Where the fuck is he? You, what are you, are you? He chokes out past the oil slick panic climbing up his throat. That's not coherent. That's not even a complete sentence, but it's all he can manage. His doppelganger frowns, kind of. His brow bone wrinkles anyway, his head canting slightly to one side. Hey, why do you stutter? I don't stutter. Go fuck yourself, Sans spits, and the not-him takes a step back, holding both hands out in front of him in the universal gesture of, I'm not armed, you asshole, calm the fuck down. Hey, no need for that, my man. I just came to check on your bandages, okay? I know this is all probably super confusing, and trust me, it is really weird on my end. But we're not going to get anywhere like that. I'm sorry, I didn't mean anything by it, but that was pretty rude, wasn't it? Sans blinks. He doesn't know which part of that to fail processing first. Should he focus on the bit where this asshole was the one who patched up his leg? Or the fact that he's apologizing for nothing? Or, hey, maybe the fact that he's apparently somehow kidnapped himself. His breath is coming in short, huffing little gasps now. The other skeleton's eye sockets soften. Dude, chill. I'm not gonna hurt you. Well, how the fuck am I supposed to know that? He pulls his injured leg closer to himself, more out of instinct than anything else. It's not like the other Sans doesn't know he's hobbled. It's not like it'll do shit to protect him the moment those weird, wide sockets flare hot with magic, and he can't even run, but... Why would I bother healing you if I wanted to hurt you? Wouldn't that be a waste of time? Sans shrugs. He might have a point there. He can count on one hand the number of times his brother has allowed him medical attention, but those were for pretty bad situations. He supposed nearly losing most of his leg might count. One HP, he croaks and curls further into himself. Can't interrogate me for long otherwise. I don't... (laughs) I don't hold up under pressure. The other sand stares at him. Eyelids shrunk to blank pinpricks. Was that a joke? 
he asked slowly. Because it was not great. Sans huffs out a shaky laugh at that. <laughs> what kind of goddamn amateur doesn't check their targets? He asks, instead of an answer. For all you know, I could be a boss monster. His twin narrows his eye sockets. You're not... Okay, man. I know you're freaked, but I have no idea what you're talking about. Why don't we start with the target thing? Why do you think we're keeping you here? I don't know, Sans growls, frustrated. It'd be a lot easier for both of us if you just tell me. What? The other Sans frowns. Dude, what? I meant, why are you so convinced we're stopping you from going anywhere? Your door wasn't locked. You're not tied up. You can leave if you want to. Sans just stares. I can what? He says. Leave. Just like that. Uh, yeah? He should. He really, really should. Because the other Sans... Don't think about what that means now. Don't think about anything except for getting out. Makes no move to stop him, even when he cautiously pushes himself out of the bed and takes a step towards the door. You're hurt, Blue Eyes says gently, as though he thinks Sans might have forgotten, and also might bolt like a startled pony at the sound. You can go, but you won't get very far. That's not a threat! He waves both hands frantically when Sans stops dead in his tracks, as though he's trying to shoo the very thought away. Seriously, I just want to help. Please, he adds. Please, man. You... you whimper in your sleep. I can't... What the other Sans couldn't, he never found out, because not half a second later, with Sans still a wretched six feet from the door, Oh, hey man, you look better? Stupid orange hoodie and stupid sneakers with the left lace loose and dragging behind him. He's bleary-eyed and smoking inside, and... All this is wrong, wrong, wrong. It isn't his papyrus. On some level, Sans knows that. It still doesn't stop him from crumbling gratefully at papyrus's feet. <laughs>